Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cabin. On today's show, I'm joined by Pops Patrick, sports editor of the Anglo South, and we're going to be looking ahead to the action in the McAvoy's Super Value Virginia Intermediate Championship, which gets on the way this weekend. First game is tonight, Killing Care taking on Drum Lane. Um, we'll be previewing the games and Paul Fitzpatrick will be given his uh, his nod of approval who he thinks is going to make the winner, the final. Semi-finals and quarter-finals. I put Eddie on the spot yesterday with the junior, and now Paul... <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> I laughed, David. And listen to it, Eddie. I think you asked Eddie how will not Bride go, and he's like, "Ah, oh, put me on the spot now." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Eddie, it's a junior championship preview preview podcast. It's not exactly left field to ask how not Bride are going to go here. <laughs> I could see him sweating on the Zoom call, so he literally was sweating. But no, I thought it was great, great hour and 20 minutes of a podcast. So it was, it just goes to show that uh, I don't think there's any other county in the in the country that would preview a junior championship and spend an hour, uh, an hour and 20 minutes doing it. So um, it was great to be able to delve into it. We could have gone deeper, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get straight into this one because we've the interviews out of the way. Anyone who didn't hear them um, on the diehard service, uh, Paul Fitzpatrick caught up with a load of the uh, intermediate players um, at the launch of the championships in Kingspan Breffney. And those interviews are on uh, patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan if you want to listen to all of those. I'll give uh, you I'll give you the um the list of those actually Damien if you want because people might be wondering is it worth a while uh, listen to it. We had uh, Aaron Reel from Baileyborough, Benjamin Kelly from Templeport, Brian McGee from Cahullins, Liam Buchanan from Bally McHugh, Connell Farrell from uh Jimgoon, Brutlers Bridge Captain Jermyn McCurry, Emma Fitzsimons from Killing Care, Mark Johnson from Corner Fane, Ocean Kiernan from Den, Bally Hayes Captain Porrick Moore, Stewie Dunn from Baltorba, Sean O'Connor from Coothill, and Ryan Connolly from Jermaine. Yeah, so great, comprehensively covered, um, and 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 all, and and some very interesting points made in it. I I I liked all the interviews. Actually, it was it was great of them to give up their time, but um, yeah, if you want to hear those, head on over to Patreon.com for us. That's we are Cavan. Okay, tonight. It's the it's the big one. Starting with a bang. It's in Kingspan Breffney at 8.15. Killing care taking on drum lane. I have to stay completely silent and declare my um my um affiliation with, with killing care. So I'll leave this one up to you, Paul. And don't you dare knock my killing care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good one, I suppose. It's, it is a good game to start the championship because they're they're two teams who have been very prominent in the last couple of years in I suppose in, in general in club football circles. Killing Care have been well up to division two table. Um have been in the quarterfinals at the intermediate championship for the last three years. Obviously Tremaine I think Tremaine were were 
didn't, they didn't progress very far actually in the intermediate, did they? Were they in a semi final one year? Um, a few years oh. back, but well, Torba beat them in a semi final when Lara won it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then they ended up in junior, and they, they they ended up in junior twice. So they they're, they're probably just back nearly where they where they kind of would have wanted to be a couple of years ago, but they've got the benefit of that run in the Ulster Junior Championship, which was great last year. Just looking through the notes I took on on both these teams. If you look at Killing Care, I think there's a huge amount of experience in that Killing Care team. Like going right back to 2016 when they lost the intermediate final by a point in a replay. That run in itself built up a lot of experience. Two cracks at a final. Lads are used to playing in, in the final after that. I would say that run in itself gives them the edge, a lot of those players the edge on experience um, over a lot of other teams. And there's, they've done a lot more since that. Obviously they had relegation in 2017 then they go to the junior final and lose in a replay in 2018 then win the junior championship in 2019 and then three intermediate quarterfinals in a row so there's vast experience in, in the killing care team um, and they have added some young players into the team um, as we know the two I picked out were Keane McGovern and, and Conan Mooney up, up front and there's other players in other, in other areas but I think that Jason McMahon is is I always think he's a, the, possibly the most important player along with Emma Fitzsimons obviously Emmett score so much of, of uh, Killing Care's tallies but I think Jason Mann is the pulse of the team that was how I described him in, in my preview I would also say Damien I know you're sitting very silent here so I'm going to keep talking uh, yeah. Killing Care I think we identified on the pod that they have been a, a real goal scoring team for a few years now particularly that year in the junior, junior where they lost to Jim Lane they were posting record tallies that year of goals now the goals dried up in the final in the two finals that year and probably that was what cost them this year they got twenty one goals in the league, uh, which was good scoring. Although there were three games out of the last four where they didn't score a goal, and there was a major disappointment at the tail end of the league because even though league's form was solid, uh, they conceded a late goal against Cornfain that cost cost them a crack of promotion and a place in the semi final. Um, Drumlane, I I think Drumlane, we talk about them a lot on this on this pod. They tend to be they tend to be a team that I don't know why. But, uh, would you say that? I think we we oh we do. We, do. we talk we, about Jermaine. I suppose I, the Ulster final was a big was exactly. a big thing. The junior final, like a, a, um a very dramatic ju- junior final last year against yeah against the uh, Arva. And if you look at last year's junior and, and a very dramatic run, like they were they were close to being knocked out in the group stages in in last year's junior. So they were they're high octane to follow Drum Lane. Like it's it's a roller coaster following Drum Lane. Mm. Yeah, big time, big time. And they're a good team to watch as well. But uh, I think last year's junior, like you were saying, this year's junior championship is one of the strongest we've ever had. I think last year's was the strongest I've seen in that we had we had two teams in it who were going to play Division One football next year. And one of them that played Division One football this year and stayed in it. And Jermaine won it. So that's a real feather in their cap to have come out of that. This year... Everyone says it's a two horse race. Last year, possibly a three horse race. Um, yeah. And Jermaine well, proved, proved to be the fastest of the three. So that run. point on that is I think Arva and Knockbride are better this year than they were last year. So I think that the, the top standard of junior has gone up a bit. Mm, you're throwing a bit of shade at Jermaine there. Might, might be that wise. <laughs> might be that wise. Jermaine <laughs> won it last year. Jermaine won Yeah, and you're finished the standard. Last year. Okay. Killing kill care coach blasts from late on the day <laughs> on the day of championship. That's a dirty act on it. <laughs> ah, no, not at all. Not at all. Trumlin won it, and, and that's why I think that Arva and Upright have had to get better. 
Uh, yeah, the fair point. I suppose there's no point running through all, all the Tremaine players because we, we know them all and I don't want to just get into name-checking, lads, but I think Dara Dolan um, is possibly the key man here. Obviously, Ryan Connolly's the captain. He's the talisman and he scores so much from frees and place balls. But Dolan wins a lot of frees and his ball carrying out of defence is, is huge. Like it's, it's a massive asset in that team. The big imponderable for them is uh, how they, they cope with the loss of Donald Monaghan. Yeah. Like that's that's huge. Like as Ryan Conley said to me there the last day, like he, he he starts full back for nearly every team in the county. Oh. No doubt about it. Like to, to be honest, Donald Monaghan is on 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 his average day, he's county senior starter, I think. I, I, I genuinely rate him that highly. I think he 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 has he has an ability a bit like Brian O'Connell in 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 Rammer, you know, if if he goes into the county seniors, I think they're they're both just Rolls Royces of defenders. And and, and, and defender is the key word, like they are yeah. defenders. Yeah. Like you know, a, a natural defender like that. A lot of our teams are shoehorning players into defence that aren't and midfield that aren't completely uh, defensively strong so yeah but so call the game I'm going to start off as I mean to go on this championship I'm going to call it a draw <laughs> Eddie's going to be so annoyed he didn't call any draws yesterday it's it's it's, it's such a it's such a stab in the dark like because you just don't know in championship I know in handball like it's when you haven't played in a while or you haven't had a competition in a while you go into a competition for the first few rallies you're kind of like what is this like wait a minute i remember this now you know it's it's just different and there there's always that that air of uncertainty going into the first championship game for any team but the fact that it's the first game of the championship they haven't even been at a game or been in that environment uh, i i think that that makes it just one of those hard games to call so i'm not going to, i'm going to i'm going to go a draw i think i think will, will we bother with the rest of the predictions it draws all the way through <laughs> i'd say that's my only draw do you know what though it's funny, I, I, I've spoken to a good few people in, in, and I think there's a few tight games in this intermediate this this weekend. And I've seen in the past where a team can be going brilliant and in first round of the championship, it all comes unstuck. And I've also seen in the past where a team can be going terrible. First round of the championship, it all just clicks. But you're right, you don't know where you're at until you have that first round of your championship done. And then you say, "Oh God, it's it's a it's a gap that we can close." Or yes, we're in a good place. Mm. You, you know, you won't know that. And 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 you're a hundred percent right. You know, probably calling the draw on this one is, and I think there'll be a few others that you could you could very very feasibly call a draw on. But that's a that's a wise decision, Paul. And I I think you're maturing here. Oh well, maybe. maybe. Are you taking a note of these, Damien? Because I want I yeah. want it to be on the record when I when I kick your ass in this. <laughs> I have a drawdown for you on 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 uh, killing care versus drumlane. So, okay, go on to the next one. So, uh, I'll put I'll put a little bit of pressure on you and quickly in in a shorter an answer as you can give me killing care and drumlane. Where did it finish in the championship? Oh. I'll have to come back to that, Damien. I'll get, I'll, I'm going to take a note as we go and I'm going to give you my top eight as we go. Okay, okay. All right, I'll give you my top eight at the end, sorry, yeah. At the end, okay. okay. Friday night in Kingspan, Breffney, Den are taking on Templeport in a repeat of the 2020 final, I think I'm right in saying, or 2021, was it? Um, So this is going to be an interesting one. 
then have had injury issues. But looking at the last game, um, the league final, it looked like a lot of them have cleared up. So they'll be expecting to be better than they had been in that league final and they'll need to be to beat Templeport. Again, Templeport though have had their fair share of injuries too. Um and I think a few lads away as well that that not 100 sure if they're back. So there's a little bit of there's a lot of an unknown about this one. Are then at full strength and are Templeport anywhere near full strength? Yeah, like both of them coming in after sticky leagues. And I know that sounds funny to say because then they've just got from motors um to Division Two, but then that was expected. That was expected. Then hadn't been in in Division Three in thirty odd years. So yeah, the, you know, for them to, for them to have such a good team at the moment and find themselves in Division Three was was uh was a bit of a collapse. To be fair, like they, they, they shouldn't have been in that division. They're better than on paper. They're better than everyone in that division. So Groom proved to prove to be better than them by beating them twice, including when there was a cup at stake. So that doesn't bode particularly well for them. Um. If you look at recent form, now they were unfortunate in that they got walkovers from Kildallan and Mahara in the closing rounds of the league. But then they've won two of the last six matches in Division 3. Now that would certainly not fill you with confidence looking at a team going into an intermediate championship. Like In their last six matches, they, they lost to Shannon Gales, beat Corla, lost to Jungoon, uh, drew with Mernugent, won the replay and lost to Jungoon again. So that that is not good. that is not a strong line of form for any team going into an intermediate championship. Straight off the bat, we have to say that. But Templeport haven't been particularly tearing up any trees in, um, this season either. Like back up in Division Two, fair enough. But it seems a while ago since they were on that great long run of twenty odd games unbeaten, um, and then they lost to Kill and Care, I think, in round three or four, round four maybe last year, and then collapsed against Cuthill in the quarter final, um. So like the, it feels like that was only a mirage that big run that they beat a lot of Division Three teams. Like they started off actually with a big win against Goodhill the first day, if you remember. And I remember strongly talking about them as dark horses for this um, intermediate, and they absolutely collapsed. That tendency though to tip the the previous junior winners or or junior winners of a couple of years to to be dark horses for the intermediate. I think he did the same with Den. Probably did, yeah. <laughs> I'll live in look, there's no logic to this. Don't don't, <laughs> don't try and hold me to that kind of standard. Um they they do have fire injuries were a big problem for them in the league. But what I like about Tampa Port is that, that when they have everyone, they do have lots of firepower. Yeah. That you always have a chance. You've got a chance in any game if you've got three or four scoring forwards, and they definitely have that. Like oh, Liam Galligan, Owen McCaffrey, Owen Doonan has has been very good in the in this league. Connor Galligan's gone to America for the summer, which is a loss. Um, but they brought Kieran McManus back into the team. He's going well in the half back line as well. Um, I heard they had a uh disappointing result or two in the challenge game circuit. So neither team like I'm not calling a draw again, but neither team going particularly well here. Um, I I, I understand that you that you listed uh Den and Templeport as one of the big upsets that Cardi final on the pod yesterday. Someone texted me. Said you have to you have to call uh, pull Damien over the codes for that one. Yeah, well, then were hot favourites going into that game. Then were very hot favourites going into that game by my memory. Anyway, I think it, I think we both predicted Den to win it. Yeah, we did, but I don't think it was one of the great upsets. Now, 
Oh, and I don't think I went so far as to say it was, it was one of the great upsets, but it it was it was definitely an upset. Yeah, I have to listen back. What I was told was that it was a list of of three of the three of the biggest upsets in county finals. Yeah, um, actually, it it shouldn't have gone into the bracket with 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 Balinha and Mullahorn. It probably didn't deserve to be in that bracket. Mullahorn twenty twelve is it? Mullahorn was that twenty twelve when they won it after losing three? Oh, that was two thousand six. 2006, they were yeah. after three in a row and won the fourth attempt and then uh, Balanya obviously won the beat the Gales. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Kings Court in 2010, I always think of that as, as one of the big ones. The Balanya one was a huge one. But as, as per the bookies odds, Balanya started 7-1 that day. Kings yeah. Court started 5-1. to one. Actually, in 2012, Mullerhorn started the, the drawing game at 3-1 to one, and then they were a lot shorter for the replay, which is one of the rare examples of... of um, or big underdogs winning a replay, but um, yeah, no, I, I looking back on it, maybe I'm, I'm what has happened in the intervening period is is clouding my memory of it. But I fancied then that they are right, but I think we probably underestimated Temple Port at the time as mm. well. Um, so I, I find this a, a hard game to call as well because neither team going particularly well. And I mean, this is another game that could very easily be a draw, but I'm gonna yeah. go with I'm gonna go with then. Okay. To leave their recent form behind them. I, yeah. Do you know what? I, I find this a very, very interesting one because I think uh, Kingspan Breffney will suit Ted. I think open spaces. And I, I'm I'm just not 100% sure who's going to do that mark man marking job. I know Liam Bannon is playing well for Templeport in a corner back. Maybe he's been asked to do the role, but I. I'm just not a hundred percent sure who's going to take out Ted or will they go with a, a system to try to stop them. Um, but on the other end, I'm not sure if then have enough man markers to, to put out all of the temple port fires. Like uh, Dylan Raythorn could be in that forward line along with, as you said, Owen Martin and, and Liam Galligan and Owen McCaffrey. And they're all threats up front. So, I, I, I don't think there'll be a lot between this one. This is one of the ones that I could easily call as a draw, but I'm going to give Templeport the nod um, on the assumption that they have all of those guys, Benjamin Kelly playing well and and fit as well. I think um, even Owen Martin, you know, if they have those guys, I think they might just be a little bit stronger than than Den at the moment. So I'll give, I'm will give i going to give Templeport the nod, but we'll, we'll, we'll watch it closely. Um, okay, on Saturday evening at seven o'clock in Kingspan Breffney, it's Cuhullins against Beltorbet. Cuhullins coming in on the back of promotion from Division Two, but a disappointing defeat uh, to Knockbride. You know, close game, two points. It's not not the end of the world. The the train hasn't come off the tracks by any means, but Beltorbet, um, you know they're they're very very reliant on Enda Henry. Will there will there be enough of the collective around that to to cause an upset here? Because I think Bill Torbert winning this, you could call it an upset. Oh, this would be an upset. Yeah, no, I haven't seen any odds. Sometimes the bookies do odds for for these intermediate championship <laughs> games. Um, but uh, definitely, Collins are a hot favourite to win this game. Now, I, th- I think um, there's been there's not as much of a reliance on Ender Henry for the scores this year as there has has been. Callum McGreevy in particular has stepped up. Um, Donald McDonald as well has been has been scoring uh, with a degree of consistency McGreevy has been scoring 
very consistently in all games now, to be fair, looking back through the through the reports, and he's getting goals as well, as is McDonald. Um they are they're also they've also brought back Cormac Donahue. I think he played mid or full forward there in one of the games. Like he missed two full years there with injury. And he was an outstanding young player. Like he did he play midfield with the under twenties the first year you were over him, David? No. 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 I thought the year maybe, before. Maybe it was the year before. I think I have a memory of him playing. Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely he definitely played county underage. Um yeah. but it wasn't any he, he was he was coming on really well, like in a big strong mobile man around the middle, and then he just had an awful time with injury. So great to see him back. Um that's gonna help them. But the the reality of this is that Beltorbert haven't won a game since twenty twenty in the championship, and their record in their last 14 intermediate matches is that they've won two of them and both of those are relegation finals. That's a, that's if you go back, sorry, yeah, if you go back to 2020, Balnia beat them in, in round four and then beat them again in the quarterfinals. So if you start in round four in 2020, but Torbert have two wins from the last 14 games in the intermediate championship. <laughs> now that, again, that, that feeds into my argument. We're not, definitely not getting back into this argument, but that was kind of one of those things that I was trying to, but failing to, Verbalize when when we were talking about the junior, the junior championship, like you know, the lack of flux between the championships. If you have a team that can win two games out of fourteen and say an intermediate, and you have another team who has to who have to beat two beat two Division One league teams potentially to win the junior. It's tough. It's 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 it's. I know you just have to go and do it, but it it leaves things lopsided. Bottom end of that intermediate, weak as water. Top end of the junior really really strong so I don't know if, that, if that's if that's a great thing to have but Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years a family owned and family run business Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA if you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Well, Torbert have steadied the ship. You heard me saying it to Stewie on the last uh, uh, on the interview that we needed to give a little bit more respect to Torbert and talking to a couple of fellas who played against him this year. They're very impressed with them. Ramey Johnson is over them. They seem to have a good level of conditioning and they certainly have steadied the ship and those couple of lads that have come into the side have had things. But it's a very tough uh, first round draw for them against the Gullans. Like There's no doubt about it. The for my money, are in the, the top two teams in this competition. The Hullins are, are still not at full tilt. Um, they, um, they, Brian McGee, I still think is is a huge loss to them, but I do think they have a lot of good forwards even outside of them. So, and I think I was impressed with Torlick Farley in that league final, particularly in the first half, and and he's a player that I know has a lot of potential. Um, and it looks like they've got a settled team now. They've got a half back line that that just love to bomb forward. You know, uh, Gilson and Niall Carlin and um, Key and Dowie, and they're all good attackers. They they can all break lines, get scores, um, create chances. I think that that's, funnily enough, between that and 
that halfback line and Evan Doughty, I think that's the strongest part of this Kuhol inside. Um, the the interesting thing will be tactically. I think Beltor would have have the strongest panel that they've had in a few years. As you said, Cormac is back. Damien O'Reilly is back playing. Uh, his brother Fionnan, Niall, um, like they both missed parts of the last couple of years. Um, they seem to have a lot of the bodies that they need back. And from what I'm hearing, they um they they're 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 pretty much fit to go. Now there's a doubt over Enda Henry, um, but I've heard about doubts over Enda Henry and seen him go out and score ten points in the game. So I take that with a pinch of salt. And the Cor McDonough thing, I'm I'm hearing that he's on his way, but not just back to himself a hundred percent yet. So I think I think that. Later on in this championship, maybe in two weeks' time or three weeks' time, Beltorbet will... I, I have no doubt that they're going to pick up wins in this championship. I just don't think they're going to do it against Cuhullins this week. I think that Cuhullins are, are a little step ahead of them. But I'll tell you one thing. If Cuhullins go into this game expecting it to be a walk in the park, Beltorbet never lets you have a walk in the park in the championship. It's always a battle. It's always physical. And, and you'll have to be honest and hardworking to beat them. So... Um, this will be it'll be a test, but I think Kuhollins will take the take the test and 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 come through it. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think there's there are there are still question marks over the Kuhollins defense. I know we we talked about the full back line and we named two lads that weren't even playing last day. We said their own names, but and the point still stands. And now Bright did cause them problems. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think it's far from a foregone conclusion. But if you look at Cahollan's record, like it's worth it's worth stating again, just Cahollan's record in this uh, in this intermediate championship in recent years. Like if you go back to twenty eighteen, they lost by a point to Lara in the they were in the final in twenty eighteen. They lost by a point in the semi final to Lara in twenty nineteen, and they lost in the semi final to to Butters Bridge in twenty twenty one. So they lost to the eventual winners in those three years, uh, well on in the competition. Last year, they were even closer than that in that they played the Casaran who won the championship. They played them three times and they drew with them twice and then they eventually Casaran broke them in the replay and, and Casaran went on and won the final. And in the one odd year out in that was 2020 where they didn't get out of the group but they actually beat Balignan who won the championship in the group. So like, their their odyssey is reaching Mayo type levels at this stage. They've got to go and win this intermediate and that brings its own pressure. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but all that aside, it could all to be Torbert for me as well. Okay. Uh, on Saturday night in Annalee Park in Ballyhays at 7 o'clock or Saturday evening, it's Corner Fane against Coot Hill. Um, almost like Corner Fane started the league with a little bit of a wobble and, and finished really strong with a few big wins. Um, like they are they the only team that beaten up Bride in this league? Definitely the only. I think they're one of the only teams. Cuhullins and and Cornerfin were the only teams that beaten up Bride in the league. Uh, I think I'm right in saying. And Cuthill started like a rocket, and their their form wobbled a wee bit towards the end of the league. But I still think you have to respect Cuthill as one of the 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 probably the the next of the chasing pack after the two that that most people expect the winner to come from. I have Goodhill at three in my list, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um behind Killing Care and Barry Hayes. 
<laughs> I, saw, I could just see your face dropping there. <laughs> this podcast almost got stopped. Yeah. Uh, so I have Paddy Hayes, then I have Good Hollins, then I have Good Hill on my list. Um, yeah, no, they, they, they deserve huge respect because yeah, what impressed me most about them last year in the championship, obviously they had that big win against against Temple Port, which kind of showed you where their ceiling was at to some extent that, you know, that when they get a run on you, like they were, they, were, they were a really good team. But if you look at their results in the group last year, uh, they had a bad day the first day out against Temple Port, and then they beat Jungu and Cornerfin and Bally McHugh. I think they won all those games by a point, or or maybe two points, some of them. They were really close, ground, ground out those games. They were sticky games against against the uh, sort of mid-ranking teams who could beat you if you weren't really up for it and on your game. And, and they managed to go through that. With all the young fellas they had, they were through three really big wins for them. Then they go in and beat um, Tampa Port in that, that quarterfinal. Then they end, eventually end up losing by two goals against Bally Hayes in the semifinal. But they have an awful lot going for them. And again, looking at teams, like you love to see a bit of firepower and they have lots of that. Um, Ender Hessen was the main man when they won this championship nine years ago now, but Shane Saxon is the main man now. He, he's as good as any forward in this grade on his day. Um, I also like the fact that they recently had a win in the reserve championship. Uh, that that tells you that things are going along well in the camp. There's obviously big numbers there in training. All those little things, like they're all, I know they're all sort of uh, external factors to the actual performance of the of the Premier team when they go out, but they're all indicators. So I like that about Goodhill as well. Um, they were in the semi-final last year. They finished second in the group in the league. They have a pile of lads with intermediate championship medals already, which you, you cannot uh, overestimate the value of that. They know how to win, and they know how to win this particular competition, which is very hard one. So I think th- that's why I have them toward. I think they're they're really strong. But Corner Finn are just a, a really interesting team in this competition because last year they had a great league and collapsed in the championship. They actually started well. I covered that game in Mullerhorn where they beat Bally McHugh. But I do remember saying like that even, it seemed like the standard that night was closer to junior than than it was to, to senior, if you want to put it like that, even though there were two intermediate teams. It was a lower end of intermediate, I felt. And then they just collapsed against Bally Hayes the next day out in the championship. And Bally Hayes beat them by 20-something points, I think. That ruined their score difference. And they never recovered. Well, they, they, they lost by a point to Good Hill the next game. That round three game was was a huge, huge game for them. And it left it, if you remember, that they, they, they actually beat Shercock. But I think even, that was in Virginia on a real wet day, and I covered it. It was one of the worst games I've covered because I think both teams were screwed before it even started. Uh, I, I think it was talking to people before the game and looking at the table. It, it wasn't a thing that they, they, they won and it still wasn't enough. I don't think it was ever going to be enough the way the table had panned out with head-to-heads and score difference and so on. So very disappointing league for them. Our championship for them. They carried that in this year uh, to the start of the league and they were, they were poor, very poor for the first good while. Then, in contrast to Den, for example, like in Division Three, you know, if you're comparing these teams, some people would 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 rate Den above Corner Fame, perhaps. But which which line of form would you prefer to have coming into this? Two wins from six in Division Three coming into it, or unbeaten in your last six in Division Two, which is what Corner Fame have. They drew a Lavi, they beat Drummolly, they beat Upright, as you said, which was a class win. They beat Bailiver. They beat Brothers Ridge and then they beat Killing Care with that last minute goal. That cut them up to fifth. Mm. So Lawrence Brady's getting a great tune out of them now. They're finding the form just coming into the championship. So this that makes this a, a really good game. 
and he's 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 freshened up the team a lot. Like uh, Dean Kilkenny is is playing. He's now probably become their key forward, if not one of the 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 key forwards for them. But Jack Trainer, Barry Doyle, Peter Doyle, um, and the young lad I can't think of his first name. Is he Callum Brown? Um, he he his second name is Brown. Again, he's the 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 forward line is unrecognizable from what we'd have seen three years ago, four years ago. It's it's a completely new forward line almost. And a forward line that that I don't think people from Corner Fame will mind me saying it was over-reliant on Barry Doyle. Mm. It's no longer over-reliant on Barry Doyle. They Obviously, he, a player of his quality, they rely on him, but they have other outlets for scores. And that's something that that that's really good. I've seen them against Drumlane in the league and they pulled off a really good... Uh, come back in that second half like spirited the sort of it was the sort of performance that I associate with a with a Lawrence Brady team that you know they, they even if they're lacking quality they won't lack honesty and I think that that suits Corner Fane I think if there's clubs and managers that fit Lawrence Brady fits Corner Fane and their tradition and their 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 attitude to play in um that that's why Cornerfin are a, a, a difficult prospect here. I think that you know, I think they'll cause problems, but what I do think about Coot Hill and, and it goes back to maybe town teams and and this is a town team that are in I think on an upward curve at the moment. They have players who can play ball, who can get their head up and see what's happening in front of them and react fairly quick to it. And in Bally Hayes, you've got a lot of space to do that. And I think that that might be enough for for Coot Hill to take advantage of, you know, I I don't see Cornerfin going blank at the fence or anything like that. They'll they'll want a man to man battle and and back themselves in a man to man battle. But I think if the quality of the ball going to that Coot Hill forward line is maintained, I think they'll have enough just to get over the line here. But they'll they'll um they'll they'll have to watch their own defense as well, Coot Hill, because. Like could he have scored an awful lot of goals in the league from memory anyway, and I, I I think they could get goals here as well, but they they could be caught at the other end for goals. Um, this 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 corner fan forward line is is getting better every single game. Yeah, the problem with with Cudhill, even though they they had a good league and finished second, I have generally tended to see Cudhill rightly or wrongly as inconsistent. Um, like two years ago they didn't win a game in the in the group stage of the championship, lost four out of four. The year before that, they, they scored 10 points in the first game and scored 3-12 in their second game. Mm. You know, you don't know what you're going to get with them. They got 3-13 against Kilishander that year, but then they got out in the quarterfinal and only scored 1-9. Um, so consistency has been a bit, a bit of an issue with Cahill, but I really like to look at this Cahill team at the same time. They've got they've got pace and they've a nice blend um, and they can get goals. You know, they, they, and they've definitely bringing in all these good young players like, like Division 1 quality underage players big difference there when you're bringing in Division 1 quality underage players and maybe bringing in play, lads who have who weren't up to that or weren't you know, in the mix for county teams and so on it's a it's a high quality of player they're bringing in mm. so I'm going to go with Goodhill to win it but it's not a it's not a massively confident vote and that's, that's more so because because Corner Fane have been so good in recent weeks, more so than any any uh, failings on the part of Hill, to be fair. 
Yeah. Of could could he beat them by a point last year? So like that again is another indicator that there might be that much between them. One of them was second in the group, one of them was fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um okay. Double double uh, vote of confidence for Coot Hill, but not a very strong vote. Bally Hayes are taking on Bailey Borough in Hugh O'Reilly Park on Sunday at two o'clock. That's in Coot Hill, obviously. Um Bally Hayes top of the pile for most people or for a lot of people. Um and Bailey Borough, after being relegated from division two to division three, are are, are in a bit of a tailspin at the moment. Can the Shamrocks turn it around on Sunday? Can't see it, Damien. I really can't. Can't see Bayer getting out of this game. Bally has tended to be very consistent in the group stages in recent years. Um, now, they had, they had two poor years, Bally has, since... I suppose the one the intermediate... If you run through, actually, this is their record in the intermediate in the last few years, which is absolutely mad. Um, in 2013, they were beaten by three points by Kilachandra in the semi-final. Kilachandra won the championship. They lost the final to Goodhill in 2014. So again, obviously lost to the winners. Uh, they won it in 2015. So you were seeing progress there. They got a really tough draw in 2016 in senior, which I always felt was was uh, a sliding doors moment for that for that Ballyhays group because with a nicer draw and there were definitely teams they were better than at the time. They could have they could have comfortably stayed up in senior and who knows they could still be in senior. But they ended up playing Calvin Gales in the relegation playoff. Like, come on. Mm. Um, to, to get back then and to get to the final in 2017 played Shercock and a funny sort of a game where Shercock went 40 minutes without scoring and Bally Hayes went in the woodwork and so on Shercock came up with big scores at the end and won that game and then the, there's, then the period of transition came 18 and 19 they were poor they lost lads with lads going travelling and so on they were bringing in young lads who possibly were just finding their feet they come back in 20 through the form get to the semi-final lose by in a one score game to Balagna, who win the championship 21, lose by a single point to Buttersbridge in the final of it, and last year lose by a goal in the final of it to Casaran. So, they've either been the best team or the second best team basically every yeah, year they've been in it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a mad record. Like, it's hard to believe they only have one intermediate championship to their name, but uh, mm. Dick. I think apart from Crush Law, I think there's more pressure on Bally Hayes. Ah, sorry, no. Ar- Arvan Upright too. Um, but I think the most pressure is on those teams. Crush Law and the senior, I think the most pressure is on them to win that championship. Um, because there's no excuse there for Crush Law. Gauna right there too. Jesus, the, the pressure in Gauna to... Ah, it, it is, but I still think they, they won the championship last year. Um, and I think they're probably that little bit younger. I know there's, there is yeah. pressure on Gauna, definitely, but... I think there's huge pressure on Crush Law, but Bally Hayes, like, it's there every year. They're, you know, lose the championship final by a point as as they did to Butters Bridge a couple of years ago, and people are t- saying it's a bad year. Like, that's an incredibly high standard they're being held to. Yeah. Um, but they, they have to take it as a compliment, I suppose. And I, I think they're the team to beat. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I would be inclined to agree with you on pretty much everything there. Uh, for Bailiborough, it has to be a shift in momentum. Um, if you are taking league form, they are the lowest ranked um intermediate team now because Drumgoon and Den will play division two next year and Bailiborough will be down in division three and they'll be the only if they stay intermediate, they'll be the only intermediate team barring Knockbride 
or Arva not winning the junior championship, um, they'll be the only intermediate team in that division three. Um, so they have to turn it around. But again, like like that, okay, Michael Argue is a big loss. Brendan Argue is back. I've seen his name on team sheet, I think I'm right in saying. And outside of that, they, they have a lot of what they had that, that got them to a point where they should have beaten Butler's Bridge in a quarterfinal of a championship that they won. So I still think the potential is there in that Bailyborough side. Um, but they need to get maybe a favourable draw to get a win to change momentum. And they've been unfortunate that they've got the most, the toughest draw in that first round. So they'll be looking to Sunday evening, I think, as much as anything to say, just give us something we can get our teeth into and 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 really get after because it uh, negative momentum is as powerful as positive and maybe even more powerful. Yeah. And it's uh, it, it 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 needs to be changed for Bailyborough to uh, to to turn the tide. And well, it's, it would be the biggest upset of the of the weekend if if Bailyborough to win it. That's just been honest. I think so. Okay, Ballymacue against Drumgoon in Kingspan Breffney Sunday afternoon at five p.m. How do you see this one going? One promoted from Division uh, Three, the other winning a relegation playoff for the second year in a row in Division Two. Um, in fact, I think Ballymacue beat Drumgoon in the relegation playoff last year after a replay. So there's not a lot between these sides. No. Um... There's not Bally McHugh's problem is consistency. We we always say it like they they have talent and they've got firepower and they've got big men uh, around the middle of the field and they take a lot a lot of boxes to be doing better than, than they have done. But for some reason and, and Lee Buchanan agreed with me when I put it to him on the interview that for some reason their consistency just hasn't been great. Now that they were missing quite a few players in this year's league, like Mark Kearn and yeah. Ben Tierney, Shane Tyne and Derek Kearn, they all spent time on the sidelines and, and that, that was difficult, but like they they conceded thirty one goals, which which is woeful. Like that's that's just not good enough, and that's not going to be good enough in intermediate championship. And yet they've managed to score twenty goals as well. So we, we did highlight that trend over the course of the All County League that they're in a they're in a lot of big um high score high goal scoring matches. <clears throat> so look, looking at it, talking to people in Valley McHugh, Liam Buchanan Buchanan's having a really good year in the middle of the field, and Dylan Kiernan and Gary Kelly are two lads that, that were also picked out as doing very well and Killian Smith <coughs> excuse me is, is playing very well up front they stayed they stayed in it um, again looking at their championship form they've been in they were in two quarterfinals and then last year they ended up beating Kilishandra to stay in the championship so you'd mm-hmm. have to you'd have to say like they're they're just outside the top eight I would say an intermediate um, that would be my reading of it Jungoon, their recent form, you'd have to say, is in in the intermediate championship is basically the same. Like, um, yeah, it's probably it's probably it's probably worse, in fact, because they've they've had seven cracks at it since they since they came back came back down to intermediate. They're relegated from senior at the end of twenty fifteen, and in the seven years they've only got out of the group twice. Um. Now they got to a semi in twenty seventeen and they actually had to could possibly have beaten Shercock in that semi final. But you know, five years out of seven you don't go out of the group, then we can't uh, argue that Trungroon are a top eight team. The the imponderable factor in it is that they have improved after a slow start to the league, they had an excellent finish to it, and that was a great win they had against Den in the final. Um 
you know, they have added in a few good young lads. Donald Keepock is injured, but they've added in some good young lads like Dean Carroll. And they've got Dominic Dunnigan committing now because he's busy with the boxing as well. Conor Moyna is going to be available to them now, which he wasn't for a lot of the league games with the county, uh, taking up his time. And Keith Fannin just keeps on doing it as well. So they have a good bit going for him. So I, I, fi- I find this almost impossible to call this game. It's a very tough game to call. It, it, there's something, and and only championship will break it, break the full story on this with Drumgoon. But there's, from what I I've heard of, the when Connor Miner came back to them from the county, he he's playing the best football that he's played with Drumgoon in in a number of years and consistently just dominating games. And there's something maybe I think about this Drumgoon team that they're thinking it, it has a feeling of a, of a of a last dance it's you know Keith Fanning can't go on forever at the level that he's currently going you know it's just he's already breaking records for a, a north of 40 uh, player to be so prolific uh, uh, you know in, in, in division three league football even so I think I, I, I have a feeling that there's a there's a real positive momentum they they put to to bed any doubt that they were the best team in Division Three. They definitely were the best team in Division Three because of the manner that they beat then in the group stage in the league, and then they beat them in the final as well. There was nobody can make that argument, and that wouldn't have been something we'd have said at the start of the year. Yeah, you'd have said they'd be um, they'd have been there thereabouts for the promotion spot and probably second favorite. All right, but you would have had then ahead of them. So. There's something positive going on in, in Drumgoon. The, the thing, as you said about Banamikyu, is the inconsistency. And maybe that inconsistency is coming from, I think they're two, two of their key forwards, if they're two, if not their two key forwards, are Shane Tynan and Peter Devine, who are 19 and 20 years of age, or 20 and 21 maybe. That sort of bracket. And maybe the inconsistency comes with the youth that they're not always at the top of their game. Um, but on their day, I think they're two exceptionally good forwards, so they can cause problems. It's just will they have their day or will they not? Um, that that's the unknown of it. For some reason, I'm I, I I'm with you on this. I'm I'm very tempted to call the draw on this one. Um, I don't think there's a lot between them. They, they have history of a draw. Um, I think there was only a point or two in it when when Drumgoon were beaten by Bonham McHugh in the relegation playoff last year. So, um, yeah, it's one of those ones. I don't know. I don't like calling draws. I feel like it's cheating, but I really want to call a draw on this one. Well, you're a, you're allowed one draw because I called one. Okay, okay. I'm, yeah, okay. I'm going to take this as a draw. I, I I'll go for the draw on this one. So who are you going for? I go for Bally McHugh. Okay. I don't think they played last year. Maybe it's the year before you're thinking of. Was it? I think Joe Green played Bill Torbert last year in the relegation playoff. Bally McHugh beat Kilachandra. Unless they played in the group. Oh, they definitely played. They played in the group. Uh, Bally McHugh won it by, by three goals out in Mullahorn. Sorry, that was in Championship. Yeah. Championship relegation playoff. No, league, sorry, league relegation playoff. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Sure, they're, they're, both in, uh, they're both in intermediate, so they couldn't have been in the Championship relegation playoff last year. Well, they were both in the Championship relegation playoff last year. Oh, well, but one, I, they couldn't have played each other in a championship relegation playoff and still be in it. Well, they could have actually because there was semi finals. 
Oh, was there last year? Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Don't try that smart me now. <laughs> Not twice in the one week. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm, go- I'm going Valley McHugh. You're going draw. For the draw. Yeah. Okay. Final game of the McAvoy's Super Valley Virginia Intermediate Football Championship is Sunday evening in Kingspan, Breffney at 7 o'clock. Porrick Shorten is going to referee Shercock against Butler's Bridge. Um, first question that comes to mind here, and I don't know the answer, is Quivian O'Reilly back? Well, Jim McCarry said he didn't know the answer uh, when I interviewed him last Monday evening. So you're on Instagram, surely <coughs> you you young kids would 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 be sharing that information. Yeah, I I, I don't follow. I'm all over TikTok now. I don't really. Oh, don't sorry. Follow sorry. these young young lads on on Instagram anymore. But uh, oh, yeah, the, the first question I asked I asked Jeremy was, um, you know, you, you didn't see you didn't see. Butler's Bridge has been back in this in this division so quickly, which he didn't like. And I don't suppose in hindsight, maybe they're on a hiding to nothing going up to senior. Like you have to improve when you go to senior, and they've possibly got a bit weaker. Um, you know, losing players and so on, and then injuries and all that. But um, they, when they won that intermediate championship, they were so impressive. Like they beat Bailey Burke, Collins, and Bally Hayes in the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. Bailey Burke were really good that year. So I should have beat Bailey Burke should have beaten them actually. So that was that was a really hard iron intermediate. There was no no fluke about it at all. Uh, the injuries were a problem again in this in this particular league, and they struggled for scores in the latter rounds of it. Like, and I'd say that could have coincided with fellas going away or whatever. Like they got one eight, one seven, and two three. I think it was in their last three games or in around that. Um, now the bet the beat Sherbrooke two twelve to one four away in round ten of the league. That was the the outlier a high scoring game around that time but um, I don't see either team being a threat to win this championship to be honest I know that's I know that might sound a bit stupid because the bridge won it two years ago but just don't feel like they're going as well as they were yeah I, I, I completely yeah I can I know where you're coming from but I think if Quivian's back um, Finton by the looks of it is back Paddy McPhillips, I think, is back. They're, I think they're they're almost as strong as they were. And and maybe with the addition of young Darrett Dempsey, uh Cahill Leddy, a lot more experience under his belt at this stage. Um you know, I don't know. I definitely couldn't rule them out of of winning this intermediate at Butler's Bridge. And Shercock for me, it's slightly different because I just don't know how the panel depth. Um you know, they're. I think that they're just lacking those few bodies. That if something happens to Niall Clerkin or Sean Clark or Killian Clark or, um, you know, even you could name off another four or five. That I don't know if what's coming in after that is strong enough to to keep them up at at the top end of intermediate. So, um, I don't know. Like, under day, Shercock's best fifteen against Butler's Bridge best fifteen. I think Butler's Bridge are ahead of them. But I still think that I'm not sure have um have Butler's Bridge got anybody around the middle tour that can take a hold of Killian Clark. But have Shercock got anybody to handle that forward line? Again, I'm not sure on that, that Butler's Bridge forward line. So I, th- I think Butler's Bridge will get the nod in this game. Um they're they're a smaller, maybe and should be more mobile team. 
And I think that that might just just stand at him here. But I don't know. I, I'm not confident because I haven't seen Butler's Bridge this year. And even if I had, I don't think they were full tilt. So it's 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 a hard enough one to call. Well, Shercook have had a, a poor year, Damien. Like, there's no point dressing it up as anything. It wasn't. They, in the end of April, Sarda made it, put three wins together against Drumley, Lavi, and Cornerfane, which was which was a great uh, three weeks work. But other than that, they've been disappointing throughout the year. And they picked it up in the last game or two, and they, they stayed up in the relegation playoff. But it has been a poor year. I suppose the the um, the bright spark has been the form of Sean Clark, who I'm told has has really stepped up this year and is playing very well. But you know, for the most part, like. Shercock haven't won many championship games in a long number of years now. Now, to be fair, they spent four years in senior, and it was a fair achievement for a team with with their numbers and so on to stay in senior for four years. And it, they they tended to set up very defensively, and and yeah. uh, which which was probably the right thing to do. To be fair, like they were they were able to consolidate every year, and they did manage to stay there for the four years. But they only won one group game. Out of their sixteen in those four years. Oh, you have to remind me, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you were training one hour, but uh if you if you look at last season then they didn't go out of the group. Now they had two wins last year, and there were five teams in that intermediate championship last year on with two wins, so the margins were very fine. Uh and if they could have got a win, I think against Corner Finn, it might have been good enough for them um in round four, that that bad game I was talking about. But I think overall you'd have to say they're a team in transition. There's young players coming up, but I just can't see Sherkov making a big impact in this championship, to be honest. So I'm going to have to go up Butters Bridge on this one as well. Okay, okay. Um, that's all right. So two two for Butlers Bridge on that one. So, um, okay. We'll have reaction to all of those games Um on next week's podcast on the Die Hard service on our review and uh, look back over all of the action. The only thing that's left to do, Paul, is give us your one to eight, one being the winner, two the, se- the finalist, three and four being the beaten semi-finalists and then your quarter-finalists that are beaten. Yeah. I'm looking through it here, Damien. And I'm not... extremely confident that you have it nailed. As it, as it goes on, I'm finding it harder and harder as I as I go down through them to Jesus, I really am struggling here now. It's it's generally the the maybe four, five, six, seven, eight are 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 the ones that, that are the hardest, I think, in in the intermediate. I also can't can't read my own writing, but I'm gonna give it a go, okay. I'm gonna say Okay, I'm gonna give you my one to eight. Okay. So from that, we can extrapolate who makes a quarter, who makes a semi, who makes a final. I'm going with Bally Hayes, number one, and champions. Okay. Hollins as number two and runners up. Could Hill are my third ranked team. After that, I'm finding that tough. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, Jesus, I'm struggling here. I think there's a there's about five or six teams that are much of a muchness coming after that. I'm, let me have a look at the table. I'm considering going for. Uh, 
I'm going to go for Killing Care. Not just because you're you're training them. If anything, they'll put me off them. <laughs> Way to heat the pressure on. <clears throat> I'm going to go for Killing Care, but it's a coin toss. Uh, and I'm going to go for Jim Lane next. Okay. Then the bridge. Okay. Then Corner Fane. Okay. And after that, I'm looking at the likes of Den and Templeport. Um, I'm probably forgetting some good team as well. But toss of a coin. And Beltorbit. Beltorbit. Den, Templeport and Beltorbit are my three for the eighth position. And I'm going to go for... Well, one of Den or Templeport is going to have a win. Yeah. So... I mean, you're you're you're, you're potentially halfway to a quarter final with four points, with two points. So I'm going to go for Dan. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not a very confident vote. I'm 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 relatively confident. I could argue the case at least for my top three, and after that, uh, I'd say for every result I could pull out to prove why one team's ahead of another, someone else could show me a result that proves the opposite case. So. Uh, a bit of guesswork involved there. You know what? I I I do think you're you're probably right that from from four down to maybe ten eleven, there's not a huge huge gap in any way. Um, and and I think that that's that that's probably shown in it here that there's a I I I I think this is still the most competitive championship. I, I still think that from yeah. from three down to ten or eleven, if mm. they go and beat a Cuhullins or a Ballyhays, it's not as big an upset. Yeah. You know, it 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 is. You know, it's it it's it's an upset, but it's not a big upset. So I well, there's there's weaknesses there you see as well in in, yeah. in Ballyhays and Cuhullins. Like weaknesses, maybe maybe just from the point of view that. When someone has been knocking on the door for so long, it doesn't go through it. You have to ask the question: of What's what's going on there? Like, why are they why are they still in this intermediate? Why are Cahillans still intermediate, and why are Ballyhays still intermediate? Mm. You know that that in itself is the weakness that they're still in it. Yeah, yeah, and that in itself then brings the pressure, mm. and that that's that's something that that it, the pressure will continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger the longer it goes on and one of them will have a massive amount of pressure on their shoulders next year. But so, if you look at the teams it, there, like, like if you look at the teams that we are ranking or that I'm ranking from sort of four to eight, there, a lot of them have been knocking around quarterfinals. There's quite a few teams in this who have been knocking around intermediate quarterfinals have lots of experience there, which makes it difficult. Like, there's nearly, <laughs> nearly every team in this Outside of the top three are a mid-ranking intermediate team, essentially. Like Killing Care, for example, have been in the last three intermediate quarterfinals. Um, Bailiburgh have been in a few intermediate quarterfinals. Valley McHugh were in two in a row before last year, and so on and so on. There's lots of teams that generally are in the mix in around the quarterfinal. Uh, so yeah, it is it it is difficult. It is very difficult. But <laughs> I I haven't included Beltorbert in my top eight. And that's a way for Tim Call, and they're the ones that I think are gonna are gonna come back and bite me because 
I have a feeling they'll get a scalp or two, but mm. it's it's been said now, so I'm going to stick with it. It's so hard though with the system to predict the quarterfinal because, like in the junior and like in the senior, the draw can have a big, big impact on it. I I do think overall it levels itself out, but you know, if if you're in that middle bracket, and and get the a team from the top bracket. And another team in the middle bracket gets a team from the bottom bracket in the same round, it becomes a big advantage, you know, for the team that got the bottom bracket. So it's it, it is the, the look of the draw means that you can have fortune to to thank for getting through to a quarter final on some occasions, you know. So it's it's a but yet I still love the system. I love and I there hasn't been a ball kicked in the championship yet this year, and I'm still looking forward to next Sunday night when the draw comes out again. Like I, I just love the the drama around the whole system. So it's uh yeah, look at championship time, Paul. Me and you come to a different level of energy around this time of year, and I'm feeling it. I'm already feeling it here on Thursday afternoon. Looking forward to the whole weekend's action. So we will have um some live coverage over the over the weekend. Hopefully, we'll be bringing a little bit of live coverage or or maybe the, the whole lot of the Killing Care Drum Lane game tonight in Kingspan Breffney. Uh, so if you head on over to Mixalor and search for We Are Cavan, you can follow us there and you'll get a free live commentary of the game um, on that uh, Mixalor app. So that will be posted at the link on our social media as well for that. So uh, that's all we have time for on the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast this week. Um as I said, loads of content over on our diehard service on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan and follow us on our Mixalor to find all of the live coverage over the weekend. Best luck to all teams. It's go time. <laughs>